My name is Jeremy Press, and I'm honored to have the opportunity to chat with our Return to Reason guest today. You know, what if I told you that the legal ground is shifting? Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Well, that's exactly the problem that my guest today has dedicated his professional life to addressing. The executive director of an organization called Rights Probe and a distinguished professor at Queen's University School of Law, Bruce Party, is a classical liberal academic for whom equal application of the law, limited government, and separation of powers are foundational to the Canadian and Western legal tradition. A critic of legal progressivism and the social justice movement, he has written and spoken on a wide range of pressing topics that all intersect at the shifting center point of the culture wars. You are gonna love this conversation we have today. Today, a special episode of Return to Reason, where knowledge and wisdom intersect. Bruce, thank you for joining us today. You know, I'm really excited about this conversation, but it is so good to have you on our show today. Welcome. Oh, listen, thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Um, you know, just to, just to give our viewers a little bit of a background, what is it you do? Why do you do what you do? And uh, what is it that you want to share with our viewers, maybe? Right. Well, I, I've been a law professor for a long time, but more recently I've taken on the task of, of uh, directing a, a, a law and liberty think tank called Rights Probe, which is a division of the uh, Energy Probe Research Foundation. And, and, you know, it seemed to me that a lot of people, especially during this COVID period, were encountering realities with respect to their legal system that, that was perplexing them as though they thought that it worked in a way that it does not actually work. And, and one, of the, one of the many tasks that we've taken upon for ourselves is to try and explain you know, how the law works and maybe how it does not work. Because I, I, I think people's expectations and, and experiences are, 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 not, are not meeting each other. Well, and, absolutely. And yeah. And, 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 you know, in a way, if there's any silver lining to this COVID experience, it might be that, 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 that things are being revealed about how our system of governance works or doesn't work and how our legal system works or doesn't work that people really need to understand. Well, and I think you're actually exactly right on that because, um, unfortunately, so many people in the society that I, at least in the circle of influence that I have and know, most people just get up, go to work get it done, get ready for the next day, and they do it again. And so that's, in my opinion, the majority of people, which, which, which is tough because when elections come up and hard-hitting issues come up, and those are the people voting. Those are the people that need to know the ins, the outs, what they value, what they don't. And when COVID hit, um, you said something in a speech that I was watching, and you said you, you don't truly know the values of something or someone until there's some pressure. And, and I right. thought that was brilliant because that's what, that, that's what happened. The pressure was given in, in our country, in a country that I would have described as loving, accepting, easygoing. Um, there was all sorts of situations where it was completely the opposite of that. In, in fact, there was a story, um, and I'd love to hear your take on this because it was, the most, it was one of the most shocking things that ever happened to me was it was in the middle of it all. And uh, I was in Manitoba and Manitoba was very strict with all this stuff. And mm -hmm. it was December and it was my wife's birthday. And so I went mm -hmm. to um, a store and I'll, I won't say the name <laughs> of the store. <laughs> I went to the store to go just buy my wife a birthday card. And in Manitoba, the premier had outlawed anything that was non-essential. And so because it was Christmas time, they deemed Christmas cards to be acceptable. But my <laughs> right. wife's birthday card on the left of that was unacceptable. <laughs> And, right. yeah. and so I, I moved the caution tape, grabbed a birthday card for my wife, selected it, went to the counter. 
And the lady goes and rings it through and then she notices that it said happy birthday. She opens it, reads it and goes, sir, this is against the law. And I went, what? I said, she goes, this is, this is non-essential. And I said, the Christmas cards are there, but the birthday card, so the ink on that card is what you're saying is against the law. And she goes, sir, sir it's just policy. And I said, this policy is unacceptable. How, how did we ever get there as a nation of Canada? What's your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the first thing that occurs to me, of course, is, is that, that through history, you know, the number of atrocities yeah. <laughs> committed by people who were just doing their jobs oh. Oh, is, yeah. is legion right now. Yeah. I'm not calling this an atrocity, but, yes. but still yes. it's, it's ludicrous, as you, as you will point out. Uh, you know, it, it reflects, you know, so let's try and put it to, to the positive. The positive part about it is that everybody can see that this doesn't make any sense. And they can see that about uh, so many of the, of the measures that were put in place, you know, not being able to sit down on a bench in a park alone, not allowing your kids to play on a uh, playground equipment outside and, and so on and so forth. I mean, there's a whole long list of things that, that were utterly ridiculous and it is the visibility of that absurdity yeah. that might help us here in the long term. Yes. The more people who 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 develop a healthy distrust of public authorities because of this experience, the better. I like how you said that. Yeah. They they, they were given authority during this period they didn't deserve and then they misused it. And and so the 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 my hope would be that enough people understand how badly this went and and how the the fact of that authority was one of the main things that made it possible that that a greater proportion of the population will decide that it's not appropriate to hand over that kind of discretion to unelected officials now whether or not that'll happen or not or whether or not it will be effective in preventing it who knows but but at least you've got a glimpse into one of the main flaws in the way we govern ourselves. And absolutely, because one of the things that I found was if you were one of the individuals who actually just even just asked the question, if you questioned a doctor, it, you were you were put into a camp of conspiracy. You're you're just nuts. Like I was just I remember just being so shocked at the lack of thought process and rather just submitting to it. And um, would you say this yeah. is something that's maybe been building to over the years or how? Did oh, no question. Yeah. Listen, people, people have grown up yeah. now with a ubiquitous managerial state. Yeah. And, and people believe and understandably so that, that, that the role, the proper role of government yeah. is to make policies about everything and, and use its expertise to, tell us all to behave and, and you know that that those things happened in spades of course during COVID and you almost it, it might be that we needed to come to this kind of a moment where everything became just too much for people to understand that this is not the inevitable way things have have to be but the the degree of distrust that may be necessary now and maybe maybe justified yeah. isn't limited just to public health officials i mean you mentioned the medical profession for sure the medical profession as a profession was was a great disappointment or worse in this period uh their their governing bodies basically 
prohibited in many provinces, prohibited their doctors from expressing their own medical opinions about the appropriateness or efficacy of the various government COVID yeah. measures. And, and of course, there were exceptions in in uh, in the in the roster of doctors, and some of those doctors stuck their neck out to to tell us what they actually thought. But if you had a if you had a doctor who was blindly following orders from from head office, essentially, uh, you know, pushing th certain things or 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 the or the reverse, you know, you got good reason to wonder about everything now that that uh, that you you get told. And whether or not it's in your best interest or whether it's a directive from some other authority. And now, I don't know if it's because of what happened with COVID, but during that era, you'd say, came Bill C-11. And I would imagine it's, they, if, 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 they, if I was a politician, you would phrase it as, um, we're protecting you from misinformation. You heard that all the time. But censorship in the name of safety seems to be um, what we're noticing here where they're trying to govern the internet now. I mean, this this is a fairly new thing. Yes. And this term misinformation. When when people hear that term, yeah, uh, they 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 should think censorship, because that's essentially what is being implied. I mean, the, the here here's the here's the notion that you have free speech, but you should not be able to use your free speech to spread misinformation. That is information that's not true, but. Let's just let's just check that. Yeah. Your right to speak freely is not based upon you speaking the truth. Free speech does not depend upon truth. Exactly. Free speech right? is free speech. Yeah. That is not one of the criteria for speech. You are allowed to say things, that, whatever you believe, whether they turn out to be true or not. And and the, and, and we've we've sort of slid into this situation as a society where there's some kind of expectation for some reason. That what we hear or see online or on TV or wherever we're watching, that that should be the truth. Yes, yeah. And that's that is not the way it works in a free country. Yeah, that's the, interesting. The, eh? the job of filtering out what is true and what is false is up to the viewer, not to the speaker or the broadcaster or or especially the government. As soon as you get into an era where the government takes on as a mandate to filter out misinformation you know you you've the, the train has left the station yeah that that you're you're heading to a very bad place yeah and wh why would you say we're heading to a bad place well because because this idea has been is being accepted I mean there's no there's no huge backlash that I that I I mean uh, uh, from some people for sure but there's no massive backlash against the government's plans to 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 supervise for misinformation online the the, the the reaction within our free country i would have liked to think would be what, what are you talking about we we are allowed to say whatever we want and those people who hear us are allowed to judge for themselves whether what we've said is valid or not so when we say like obviously i growing up and anything to do with politics we often say we're in a free country but where, where's the line of that? When does a country not become free? Yeah, good, damn good question. <laughs> you know what? And I, and I, uh, and you, you know, you end up wondering whether we've crossed that line already. I, I, yes, yeah. and that's that's obviously yeah. what I'm alluding to. Right, right. Well, we have, we have, listen, 
we have a managerial state that is so ubiquitous now. It has its hands in everything. I mean, it's very difficult to run a business today without basically having to work in concert with the government in so many different ways. And so, you know, when we wonder whether or not we live in a free country, if you if you define free country as a country in which you're essentially able to direct your own activities and own your own life and choose your own um, objectives and, and and your own speech, then you can make a good case that we you know we've we've left that place. I, I, there is a place for all this. Like for example, I, I'm a father of three. Um, yep. I want to I want them to grow up in a society where they can be protected, that there is government ordinance that's that's there to, that you can call upon and they'll come to your rescue, those types of things. But yeah. I also want them to be safe from predators. I want those types of things. But so I guess it comes down to more of a cultural value system in the people. And, um, and just as we spoke before, we saw those values kind of show up when the pressure came onto the country. Um, so wh- right. what would you say shapes values of a country that, that, m- that causes it to be the way that it is. Like, where do these values come from? How do you change them? Because mm. they seem to direct everything we do. Well, sure, yeah, and 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 one of one of the realities that we've had to confront, I think, during this period is that law itself yeah. is a product of culture. Yes, product of values, right? And yeah. so people people think, well, you know, we have the charter; it's written down in black and white. We have these statutes; they're pretty solid. So all this crazy stuff that's happening. We're, we're, we, you know, we'll turn to the law, and the law will put it right. But that's not the way it's worked out, and and that's partly because the law itself is a cultural product. And when the culture shifts, you know, the the law changes with it, even when it doesn't appear. You know, the words of the statute might not change, but but the way it's understood, the way it's applied, uh, you know, shifts with the with the tide of of how the culture is going. So. The, the law has not been the, the 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 rock that people assumed that it would be. You know how you change a culture's values is a very difficult question. Uh, but we are in a situation now where where they they have changed or appear to have changed over a period of time, and uh, some of us didn't notice that they were changing. And it's sort of now sort of we've come to a place where it's a fait accompli. So yeah. all, all done. I mean, one could one could make the case that this cultural revolution is basically finished. Yeah. And we've ended up in a place where the values that we thought were encompassed in the law actually yeah. might might not be the case anymore. Yeah. And, and I want to get your take on what's happening right now with Jordan Peterson. Um, right. right now, for the viewers that don't know, and, and if you want to give context to them on what you, you're aware of in that, is I believe a series of tweets that he put out um, he, his license, his, uh, his license is being threatened as a doctor, uh, for what he, I guess, what he is, his opinions he shared, um, as a law professor, what are your thoughts on that? And what's the, what's the precedence that this sets, I guess? Well, this is, Jordan is not the only one that this is happening to, but yeah. he's the most prominent person that's happening to. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's basically a witch hunt. Uh, that's the way I would describe it. Yeah. The complaints that have given rise to this. Uh, have not come from his patients. They've come from sort of aggrieved ideologues that don't like the kinds of things that he says on social media. And I've, I found and, out that anyone can complain, actually, I found. Yes. Which is yes, also, also wild, which means anyone right. who just doesn't That's like right. them can go right ahead. 
and, and I don't believe there's ever even been a disciplinary hearing yet, although it may go to one. But yeah. at the moment, they've demanded that he undergo retraining on how to use social media, which <laughs> which which is I mean, it's, it's no laughing matter, but it is also a joke. I mean, just imagine Jordan Peterson, <laughs> somebody trying to retrain Jordan Peterson on how to use social media. I hope, I hope they record the, it I, if I, they do. I would love to be there in the room. But he's <laughs> not going to do that. Uh, you know, Jordan Peterson has a spine. Yeah. And and that is all to our great benefit. Yeah, I mean, this is a great burden on him. Yeah, and very and and and, and unfair. They're trying. They're basically trying to supervise his yeah his political expression. Yeah. So that the silver lining might be that they have number one. They've chosen Jordan as a target. Yeah. Because yeah. Jordan's not going to back down. Yeah, he's going to fight. Yeah. And, and and it will it will pull back the curtain on on how the professional colleges are operating now but mind you we 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 have other examples as well of of colleges sort of redefining the nature of professional conduct i mean that, that so these professional colleges for 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 psychologists and doctors and nurses and lawyers and so on you know have had the mandate essentially in the past to ensure competence in the public interest i mean your dentist should know how to drill teeth but they have they've been expanding the idea of competence essentially to impose ideological requirements and if you do not comport with those requirements they will they'll go after you they'll 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 uh, discipline you or mm. threaten to take away your license there's a there's a uh, nurse in BC I mean there are lots of these cases yes, but there's, yeah. there's a nurse in BC Amy Ham who is being threatened by her college uh, because she uh, had the temerity to uh, believe in in two genders, and they're you know they're they're calling that unprofessional conduct. So uh, hmm. we we are now in the in the era where the power of the state regulators is being applied to to achieve a an ideological position. And and those professionals that don't agree with that position are now in danger of having their speech censored and so on. The idea of that, and I think that's what you're alluding to with Jordan kind of putting up a fight here, is what the people or government will hopefully arrive at will be what the democracy is wanting, what the democracy is hoping to achieve. Well, you'd, you'd like to think that. Yeah. And I certainly hope that. But democracy is sometimes now a... a uh, a justification the fact that we have yeah well maybe and some people dispute that we have a democracy yes. in, in the in the real sense but we at least have elections yes and the fact that we have elections for some people is is enough to justify the mm -hmm. operations of various kinds of state agencies that are not themselves democratic the mere fact that we have elections doesn't protect you from the yes. tyranny of the of the public institution. You're right. The election is essentially just bringing the people to vote. But once they're voted in, there seems to be very little that a vote that that I can do as a citizen to even pr get any influence on anything besides try to make yes. a petition and try to get the voices rallied. But other than that, there's not much you can do. And so once they're elected, they do what they want. Like if you could design a government, what would yes. you take away and what would you what would you make mandatory? Oh, well, okay. So let's, well, I think the best way to imagine that, to do this sort of thought experiment, yeah. is instead of trying to imagine what you take away, yes. start with nothing. Yeah. 
and then decide what it is that's essential. Yeah. Because let's let me. I, I like that. the best way to look at laws. I think is this way. At the end of every law is the violence of the state. I mean, it's not apparent, but even even a parking ticket. Eventually, if things go really badly and you refuse and refuse and refuse and you get into contempt of court situations, I mean, you can be arrested for contempt of court if, if, you, ref, if you refuse at the, at the end of the day. So every single law in the end must be enforced with the violence of the state. Okay, so the question for each and every law that you have is, is this important enough that we want to impose violence on our citizens? Right. And the answer for my money is for a lot of laws that we have in place, the answer is no. Yeah. And so a lot of them should go. And if, and if we limited our government, at least to start with this sort of single mandate, which is, look, your job is to make sure there's no violence. People are not imposing themselves, coercing other people. Uh, then then your, your, your first and your most important job is done. And and. Otherwise, you know, we can we can deal with chaos. Peaceful, peaceful chaos in a society where people disagree and say different things and behave different ways and belong to different groups. Totally fine as long as it's peaceful. Yeah. And it's interesting the way, they use the but word. But the peaceful. way our government thinks about it is well, we have to have order. Yes. You know, everybody has to be doing this together in the same way. That's that's not a free country. Yeah, because in the um the trucker convoy that went to Ottawa, that's the language of the truckers all through and through was peaceful protest. I, I was actually there on the streets reporting. I was there for two and a half weeks through the whole thing. And right. um, But every time I'd go back to my hotel room and turn on uh, some of the mainstream media, yeah. I would see um, that it was violent and that windows were being broken and this is bad and that they're... And so I, I was like, <laughs> we were perplexed, but it was, it was actually, to be honest, it was unnerving and kind of scary because... Sure. I'm there yeah. watching one thing, and then I go home and turn on the TV, which 99.9% of the, the country is watching, and they're seeing a whole different story. And so, oh, I I oh. totally identify with that experience. I was there as well. Yeah, and you can you could see the propaganda unrolling yeah. right in front of your eyes. Yeah, and it was it was wild. I it just I just really started to realize how important it is for us to get involved in stuff like C11 because if you can, if they can censor what they deem to be censorable. Sure. Um, right. people just won't get the real truth. And so when we were right. there and watching it happen right in front of our eyes, I was just well, realizing, the, wow, see, these two things, these two things you've mentioned have to be put together. Yes. Right. So yes. on the one, uh, this experience at the convoy with, with the, with the, with the version of events that were being portrayed on mainstream TV. Yeah. With the proposition that the government yeah. wants to be the one to supervise misinformation. Yes. You put those two things together. Yes. You, the result you get is the only thing that's going to be allowed is the propaganda being yeah. put out by the mainstream news. Yeah. That's what you're going to end up with. Yeah. I remember seeing the police. I don't know how long you were there for, but I was in my, my hotel room watching the police lines form. And I just mm -hmm. rem I remember having this uh, kind of like, it felt like out of body experience going like, is yes. this real? Yes. Like, right. I right. cannot believe right. this. It was just, it was, right. it was, it was so surreal. Right. Uh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, surreal is a good word for the experience, and it, yes. and it changed so fast yes. from while while the while the uh, 
while the thing was ongoing before the police came in, yeah. it it was, as you say, it was, I mean, I found it almost like joyful. It really, they, it really they, was. Yeah. Right. They were, they were, they were, they were angry about the policies, but they were actually so happy to be there. Yeah. Um, and it was quite, it was quite a, quite a thing to, to behold. Yeah. And then suddenly you had the invocation of the act and the police showed up and, and things turned really dark, really fast. Very, very and, fast. Um, it was, it was, it was hard to watch. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. Um, the way it was described in government terms was mm-hmm. was far from the reality. Let's put it this way in legal terms. So let's ask this question. What happened yeah. during the convoy that was actually illegal? And one can think of two things. Yeah. The first was the honking during the day. Yeah. And the second thing was the parking. And then at a certain point along the way, an injunction application was brought to court and a court issued an injunction against the honking and the honking stopped. Yeah. And so all you were left with was parking. Yeah. And so let's put it in these terms. We had a federal government invoke the Emergencies Act to deal with a national emergency (laughs) for parking that claimed to to use or threaten the use of serious violence on the basis that somebody was parking illegally. The, the the supporters that showed up to, to walk along Wellington Street yeah. had done exactly nothing yeah. that was illegal. Yeah. And so the whole the whole justification for the invocation of the act and the appearance of the police and the freezing of the bank accounts was on the basis of, of the infraction of parking bylaws and maybe the highway traffic act. When you put it that way, it's it's absolutely wild. And I think as we were saying before, I, I feel like we could go in in a hundred different angles down. Um, you know Without doing five more shows, what would you point people or Canadians to? What books maybe to read or what resources to get their hands on in walking down this road to try to become an informed Canadian citizen on policy, law, or just culture? Right. Okay, well, good question. So, I mean, I, 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 I shouldn't miss the opportunity to, to plug our own website first. <laughs> We're at rightsprobe.org. Okay. Uh, so, you know... If, uh, our work is contained there. Please have a look, um, uh, you know, writing and, and videos and so on. Uh, and there are there are a, a lot of other independent sources of, of media that are doing really good work, including including your own. I'm, gl- you. I'm really glad you were there at the convoy. Thank you. So to all those people who are looking for reliable news sources, you know, go online, mm-hmm. go, go, go to the independents. Yeah. Uh, if you're spending all your time watching CBC, you know, I, 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 I don't know what you're going to end up thinking, yeah. but, but, but don't, don't assume that they are giving you the straight goods. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just a wise, a wise sense of approach in thinking so that you can just realize, okay, it, it, just multiple angles on the same topic. So, you know, Bruce, I, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. Um, it's just been such a wealth of knowledge and I appreciate you taking the time, but also sharing your expertise. So I want to say thank you. Listen, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. You are an essential part of this series. Support truth, knowledge, and wisdom by sharing this show with a friend. Visit returntoreason.tv. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter by clicking Become an Insider. Get the latest articles, episodes, and exclusive content. It's Return to Reason.